Section 23 of Birds, Volume 3, Number 3, March 1898. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christine Peterson. Section 23. The New Tenants by Eleonora Kinsley Marble. Mr. Wren had no need to inquire the cause of his mate's distress, for at this moment a loud and vehement J, J, J resounded from an adjacent tree. Ha! said he, it is that villain, Mr. Blue Jay, at last. I have been expecting a call from him for some time. I heard yesterday that he was caught sucking the eggs of Mrs. Red Eyed Vario and that Mrs. Dove was mourning more than usual, because out of her four beautiful eggs she had only one left. But never you mind, my dear, never you mind. He daren't go near our nest, you see, for Bridget is out there with her broom, and if he should dare attack us, why? Well, chirped Mrs. Wren, who at once saw the force of his reasoning. What would you do, Mr. Wren, should he attack us? I'd like to know, because... I am quite sure what dear Papa would have done under the circumstances. So am I, responded Mr. Wren with a chuckle. So am I. So are you what, retorted Mrs. Wren, angrily tapping the perch on which she sat with her foot. Sure what your dear Papa would have done, my dear, under the circumstances. Ha, ha, ha. And Mr. Wren flirted his tail over his head and hopped about in anything but a dignified or warrior-like manner. Mrs. Wren surveyed him with contempt and surprise. Of all the exasperating creatures, she said, you are the worst. First you whispered and bid me be silent, and now just look at you hopping about and gibbering like an idiot. I wish Mr. Blue Jay would come over here and... Come over here, Mr. Wren almost turned a somersault in his glee. Come over here, my dear? Not much. Don't you see that kingbird over there with his eye on Mr. Jay? There's going to be a fight, a real knock-down, feather-pulling fight. And I, I won't be in it. And Mr. Wren whistled and chattered and flirted his tail in a greatly relieved and truly funny manner. If I weren't so anxious about the eggs, said Mrs. Wren, I'd stay here and see the fight, too. They are well matched, both such fine, handsome birds, especially Mr. Jay. Ah, how it does all remind me of dear Papa. Mr. Wren could have laughed aloud when he thought of her plain, crooked-legged little father, but he only sniffed and said something about Mr. Jay being a saucy, impudent dude. But really now, he is handsome, repeated Mrs. Wren. Only see how his head feathers stand up. My, how angry they both are. What can be the matter, I wonder? If you will stop talking for a minute, returned Mr. Wren, perhaps we can hear. Mr. Blue Jay is a great coward when it comes to fighting one of his size. More than likely, he will sneak away or fly off screaming loudly at the first signs of attack. If you will stop your chatter, sharply retorted Mrs. Wren, we may hear what they are saying. Listen, can't you? You old thief and pickpocket, 
shrieked Mr. Kingbird, his head feathers standing up like an Indian chief's. Whose nest around here are you lying in wait to rob? What business is it of yours? retorted Mr. Jay with a sneer. You old tyrant. A nice fellow indeed to be calling people names. The pot calling the kettle black. Hmph. Mr. Kingbird, aware of the many young birds he had eaten in his time, concluded he had best confine himself exclusively to the question of eggs. It's only a sneak, he replied, that will creep up when the mother bird is off her nest and suck the eggs. Nobody but a coward would do it. The morning dove's cries the other day were truly heart-rending. I made up my mind then that the very first time you crossed my path I would thrash you. That's right, give it to him, give it to him, cried the birds in chorus, a large number of which, attracted by the quarrel, had formed themselves into a ring about the treetops. He's not only a thief, but a bully, always ready to whip a bird under his size. Mr. Blue Jay winced for a second, for it is not pleasant to find oneself hated by all his fellow kind. I'll swear, said he, lifting up one foot solemnly, that I have not been near the morning dove's nest this season. Nor the red-eyed vireos? Nor the red-eyed vireos, affirmed Mr. Blue Jay, slightly closing one eye and coughing behind his foot. Oh, 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 chorused a dozen voices. We saw him around here this very morning. And I, said a bluebird, saw him destroy the eggs of Mrs. Morning Dove's nest myself. So, sternly said Mr. Kingbird, the rascal adds perjury to his other crimes. It is the duty of every honest citizen of the woods and orchards to rid the world of such a villain. Defend yourself, Mr. J, or... At this moment, a loud and vehement, Z-A, Z-A, broke in upon Mr. Kingbird's speech. Ah, Mr. Catbird, he said, his crest suddenly falling. I think I will attend to this case another time. And much to the disappointment of the assembled crowd, Mr. Kingbird took wing and flew away. No sooner was he gone than Mr. Blue Jay nearly doubled himself up with laughter. I thought that would make his feathers fall, he said, resuming his braggart manner. I have noticed how quickly he gets out of the way of Mr. Catbird, though he will fight a hawk, or a crow, or even an eagle. He, 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 I imitated Mr. Catbird very well, didn't I? And the rogue, to show his powers of mimicry, cried, Zie, zie, again. Then caw, caw, like a crow, meowed like a cat, barked like a dog, crowed like a rooster, and finished with a loud, harsh, kee kee which put all the birds to flight. The red-shouldered hawk, they one and all cried, with frightened glances into the air, and Mrs. Wren, forgetting for the moment that it was only Mr. Jay imitating Mr. Hawk, flew over to her nest in the greatest consternation. Well, well, she said afterward with a laugh, it was much ado about nothing, after all. But what a clever fellow that Mr. Jay is, to be sure. Really, I cannot help but admire him, rogue though he is. And with a pretty flutter of her wings, Mrs. Wren gathered the six speckled treasures under her breast and sat down to brood. 
"'I don't see how you could have covered more than six eggs, my dear,' said Mr. Wren tenderly. "'You are such a little body, you know. "'Mrs. John last year, though, had ten in one brood, did she not?' "'Yes,' sniffed Mrs. Wren, "'and her neighbors have never heard the last of it, "'such a gossip and braggart as she is. "'Why, she tells every ladybird that calls on her "'that her Mr. Wren had three furnished houses when he proposed to her, "'one in the knot-hole of an apple-tree, "'one on top of a very high pole,' and the other, well, really I forget, under the roof of a meeting-house, I believe. Hmm, said Mr. Wren, turning up his bill. That's the reason she accepted him, I suppose. To my notion, he is a most unattractive fellow, ugly as he is proud. Oh, handsome is as handsome does, returned Mrs. Wren, as our landlady says. But you can't deny that he makes my cousin a good husband. It is very foolish for them to boast so, for they can only occupy one house at a time. And surely they have to earn their food by searching for insects and worms, precisely as we do. Then, too, riches take wings sometimes and fly away. And as I told one of my neighbors the other day, I am just as happy in this old tin pot as I would be on top of the highest pole. How glad I am to hear you say that, returned Mr. Wren, tears glistening in his little black eyes. For there can be no true happiness without contentment, as our landlord says. Dear little mate, fourteen days you must sit on the nest. How tired you will be. Oh, I don't mind that, replied Mrs. Wren. If only our birdlings hatch out pretty and good. Once in a while I will fly off for a little exercise, you know, and, like Mr. John, you will take my place on the nest and keep the eggs warm. Oh, exclaimed Mr. Wren, ruefully, I hadn't calculated on doing that. But we will see. I'm off now to get something to eat. And we'll fetch you as delicious a spider or a nice fat canker worm as I can find. Ta-ta, love. And off Mr. Wren flew to the orchard, singing as he went. End of section 23. Recording by Christine Peterson.